Well, welcome to FBC. My name is Joe Andrews. I am not the pastor here, okay? He's gone, so we're just going to do whatever we want to do. No holds barred today. I, here's what I came up with. Let's worship the Lord through the preaching of his word. How does that sound? Does that sound awesome? Man, I mean, that's why we're gathered here. Listen, I, uh, I started a brand new series last week. The series is called FBC Life. Probably when you drove in today, you saw some big banners out in the parking lot. You know what they said? FBC Life. Worship, serve, connect. And as we do those three things, it will help us to reach the world. And so when we talk about FBC life, that's what we're talking about. Worship, serve, connect, reach. And we talk about this all the time. Now we've just wanted to talk about it for a whole month with you. All right. We want you to really understand why it is that we want you to worship serve, connect, and reach. And hopefully you get that in this series. In fact, really what we want this series to do is be a huge commercial to you that says, here is who Jesus is. You should be like him. So you should worship, serve, connect, and reach. It's not just because FBC says so that you should worship, serve, connect, and reach. That's the FBC life, but that's not why you should do it. You shouldn't only even do it just because it's in scripture and it's all throughout scripture. All right. Scripture is telling you these things are the things you need to get involved in. The reason that you should get involved in these things is because Jesus was involved in these things. I mean, Jesus lived the FBC life. He really did. I mean, I guess that's kind of putting one thing behind the other, but listen, Jesus did. Jesus worshiped the Father perfectly. We talked about that last week, and I I hope that you saw how Jesus worshiped and you said, you know what, that's how I want to worship. Hopefully through the rest of this series, you'll say, yeah, because Jesus served like that, because he connected and reached like that, I want to be like him. I want to get involved in what he did best. I mean, the staff is, is fully involved in this. I mean, it, we're sold on it, seriously. So much so that the pastor crocheted all of the staff little throw pillows that said FBC life. If you know him, that, that is not him. We did, he, did not, he did not do that. What happened was we all went last week and we got lower back tattoos <laughs> say FBC life. They're, uh, you think I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> We don't want you to get involved in those things just because we say to. We hope that your passion is to become Christ-like in every single thing that you do, even in the way that you worship, serve, connect, and reach. Now, we had an amazing day yesterday. I don't know if you were here, but we had the bash. It's our huge back-to-school event. Now, this was like the bash of bashes, all right? It was the bashiest bash we've ever had. All right, we had over 3,000 people on our campus yesterday for this bash. It's a citywide event. Everybody's welcome. Everything's free except the snow cones. We had to say that. Uh, we couldn't buy snow cones for all of Las Cruces. So, uh, but I got some pretty cool pictures from the bash. You guys want to see a couple of them? All right, here's me with Bumblebee. Now, listen. If you're taking a picture with Bumblebee, you have to like make a fist or something. I just felt so wimpy next to a transformer. And so I made a fist and that, I don't, it didn't really help. I still look like a wimp. Here, here's the next thing we did. I went to the photo booth with my oldest daughter, London. Uh, she's hanging out with me there and ducked out on the last picture. I don't know, she just left me solo there. 
I rode a train. That was, that was pretty awesome. You know, as I was riding the train, I was like, this isn't enough. I was like, get out of here, conductor. It's my turn. Get, take a hike, dude. And so I got to drive the train. That was pretty cool. Uh, my youngest son, Jack, made me get on this thing. This is the gyro. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the next picture. Check this out. Yeah. Yeah. My wife took that picture. She didn't even hold my hair back or anything. Uh, we, had, we had so much fun. Here, here's what you didn't see in those pictures, though. You know what you didn't see? You didn't see all of the people from this church who came together as a team and served at that event. In fact, I had 36 people scheduled to be in here, some at the Welcome Center, out in the Commons. Uh, I had people cleaning up. I had people in Upstreet. I had people in Wombaland. I had people manning bounce houses out there. I mean, if you did that, you're a saint. Thank you so much. There are so many children at those bounce houses. We're really surprised nobody lost an eye or something like that. It's probably because you guys were serving and we're so, so thankful for that. As I thought about that event, I mean, it really couldn't have happened with everybody coming together. And even more people than the 36 I signed up to serve actually served yesterday. It was pretty cool. I was thinking about serving because I'm doing this message. Uh, and uh, this message is called FBC Life Serve. All right. And as I was thinking about that, that's a pretty cool title. If you, I, I'm going to say it probably took me three days to come up with it, but uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Here's, here's what I was thinking about service. Every Sunday, we have four services here. Four services. I, I was thinking, I wonder how many people, since it was 36 at the bash, I wonder how many people on a Sunday that it takes to serve here. And so I got on our software that I can see all of that on. And I started counting every single person for every single service to see how many people we have serving here on a Sunday morning just to make a Sunday work here. Do you know how many? 148 people in one Sunday just to make everything flow here like it needs to flow. Not only that, but we even have slots left unfilled, probably 15 to 20 slots every Sunday that somebody calls in because they got sick or one other thing, or we don't have enough people in this area or something like that. So we still have unfilled spots, even though so many of you are serving. Serving is, is a huge part of, of what we do. It's a huge part of what Jesus did. So here's, here's what I want you to see before we get into everything today. This is kind of the overarching theme of everything that we're talking about today. Jesus didn't just serve as an example. It was who he was. If you can just remember that, I think it's going to help you remember what you need to do. Now, Jesus didn't just come to the earth and he didn't just serve just to give you and I a great example. Now, he did give us a great example, but that's not why he did it. He did it because at his core, he's a servant. At the very heart of Christ is this willingness to serve humanity. And that's exactly what he did. It was who he was. And I hope that as we get into the message, you can see that so crystal clear today. Now, in today's passage, what we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at James and John. And James and John are going to ask Jesus a really, really selfish question. And I want to give you some context because it's crazy when they asked this question. All right, the context is in a few verses before, uh, and it's not going to get on the screens. I just want to 
tell you about this. It says, they were on the road going to Jerusalem. All right, all the disciples and Jesus walking on the road to Jerusalem. Jesus was walking ahead of them. This is what he says. See, we are going to Jerusalem and the son of man, the anointed one, the Messiah, he's pointing at himself. This is me. The son of man will be delivered up to the chief priests and to the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. Listen to this. Pretend you're one of the disciples and they will mock him and they will spit on him and they will flog him and they will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So Jesus just predicts his death for the third time in front of his disciples. And two of his disciples, James and John, decide, hey, now he's done talking. Let's go ask him this. And that's where we're going to jump in. Now, the, the reason that they did this, I'm not exactly sure because it's on the same walk. They're still walking to Jerusalem. All of this just happened. And I don't know why this came over them, but for whatever reason, they thought this is a good time to go talk to Jesus about what we want most. All right. You see, the disciples understood the kingdom of God all wrong. They had it all wrong. They, they, what they wanted in their heart of hearts was for Jesus to come in, to establish himself as the Jewish king, to stamp out all of the Roman influence and to subdue all of Rome under his rule and authority. That's all they wanted. They couldn't wait to see that happen. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark 10, 35 uh, through 45. And we're gonna read it up here if you didn't bring your Bible. So that is good. Let's look at that first verse. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Jesus names them the sons of thunder. Now they were brothers, okay? James and John were. They were part of obviously the 12 disciples, but they were also part of a little more elite group. The inner circle is what we usually call them. Peter, James, and John. You usually don't hear those names alone, but here uh, we just have James and John and they run up to Jesus. Remember, Jesus is walking ahead of them. All right, so if they're gonna catch up to Jesus to ask him whatever they wanna ask him, they have to like run up to the front and they have to catch up with him. And uh, this is what they said to Jesus. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. We, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. I don't know if this kind of like question was like normal in the group of disciples with Jesus. Like, hey, we wanna ask you something. Before that, just agree to say yes to it, whatever it is. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Do you guys have kids? Yeah. You know how this starts in my house? Daddy. It's not dad anymore. Why are you calling me daddy already? This is weird. This is already getting off to a weird start. Do you know how much we love you? All right. Yeah, what's, what's coming next? Well, I, we want to ask you something, but just say yes after we ask you, Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I've tried this on staff here. It didn't fly here either. <laughs> I went to Brian and I was like, hey, Brian, she's looking good, man. You know how much I love you? <laughs> I'm going to ask you something, but just say yes, all right? I, I want to lead worship for a week, just one week. Just say yes, all right? No, it's not flying. I, go, I went to the pastor's office. Knock, knock. Hey, David, you know how much I love you? <laughs> He's like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I 
We want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. I mean, it sounds selfish to me. Let's look at the next verse. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? He knew the selfish intentions of their question. What do you want me then to do for you? He knew they weren't asking for the other disciples, nothing about what Jesus had talked about, which was predicting his death. They want to ask something for themselves. Let's go to the next verse. And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. That word grant is a, uh, it's a Greek word. And the Greek word is thelo. And thelo means to wish or to desire. So if you could have sat one of the disciples down and said, what's your greatest wish? What's your greatest desire? If you could have anything, this would probably be what that was. It's, it's one of the first words that I learned uh, in Greek. And, and this is what they want. We wish, we desire more than anything to sit on your right and your left hand as you're in glory. When your kingdom comes, we wanna be right there ruling with you. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says to them, you do not know what you are asking. You have no idea what you're asking. Your question actually doesn't even make sense. And and here's why. Why did that question not make sense? Well, first, because Jesus' kingdom is very different than they were thinking. He's like, you don't even know what you're asking. This question just, it makes zero sense. You know why? Because my kingdom is nothing like the kingdom that you think it's gonna be. And there was another reason. The other reason was because authority in the kingdom would be very different from what they were thinking as well. And Jesus is like, look, Authority in my kingdom is different. My whole kingdom is different. Your, your question, it doesn't even make sense. You shouldn't have even asked it. You've, you're coming to me with this selfish question and you shouldn't have. It's just not right. It doesn't even make sense. You know, I think uh, it, you kind of can't blame James and John, right? You kind of can't blame them. Like who wouldn't want to be? God's right-hand man. All the disciples wanted to be Jesus's right-hand man. Every last one of them. All of the disciples wanted to be Jesus's right-hand man. They wanted to be right there with him as he would reign in glory. They thought it was gonna be an earthly glory. It was totally different. Of course, they would want to do that. All of them wanted to do that. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus says, listen, your question doesn't make sense. You've, mis- you've misunderstood so many things. If, are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Now, Jesus uses two metaphors right here to talk about what he just talked about, that he would be arrested, that he would be flogged, that he would be beaten, spit on, and mocked and then crucified. Now, the first metaphor that he uses is, is that of a cup. A king would used to pass a cup to his servants and the servants would, would drink that cup. Jesus is thinking along those lines. God, the Father, has given me a cup to drink. My cup is that I will be arrested, spit on, mocked, and crucified. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? 
James and John? Or are you able to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Now, that's just the same way. As someone passes through the waters of baptism, Jesus is going to pass through what God has set before him. It's a metaphor for the same exact thing. And he's like, are you willing to drink that cup and be baptized like that? Are you willing? And here's what they say. They said to him, we are able. Now, I don't think they understood everything that we do on this side. But what they did understand to their credit was that they loved Jesus and they would do anything for him. Listen to what Jesus says. The cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. They probably, again, didn't understand it, but you and I understand what he means perfectly. He just told James and John that they would be arrested and that they would die for him. I don't know if you know this, but James was the first disciple to be killed for Jesus. It happened in Acts 12. Under Herod Agrippa, James died by the sword, probably in 44 AD, about 10 or 11 years after Jesus ascended. He was killed. He did drink the cup that Jesus did. John was arrested. He was put as a prisoner on the island of Patmos, and it's there where he wrote the book of Revelation. As far as we know, he was either executed there or he died a prisoner for Jesus Christ. Most likely, he was killed. John also then drank the cup that Jesus drank. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus gives them like a third reason why their question didn't make sense. To sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Jesus says, well, the third reason your question doesn't make sense is you're asking me something that isn't mine to do. My father in heaven, he is the one who will put people at my right and my left. So your question doesn't make sense because my kingdom is different. Authority in my kingdom is different. And last of all, it's not even me that does that. It's God the Father. So your question is just out, out there and it doesn't make sense to me. Let's go to verse 41. And when the 10 heard this, they began to be indignant at James and John. Remember, they're all on their way to Jerusalem. They're all walking. I don't know if Jesus said that last part a little louder so everybody could hear. Uh, no, guys, you can't sit at my right and my left. That's not my decision. I don't know if he did that, but the 10 other disciples now are in on this conversation. And guess who's not too happy about it? 10 disciples, all right? They are not happy about what's just happened. They're like, hold on, ho, whoa. All right, you trying to edge all of us out in the new kingdom? You're trying to get in a higher place than us? Who do you think you are? Can you imagine Peter? Guys, we're the inner circle. It's always Peter, James, and John, not just James and John. You're leaving me behind. And everybody starts arguing. This happens at my house all the time. I have four, four kids. If I give one of them something just to say, hey man, love you, here's this. Uh, do you know what the other three do? They're not happy about that. And they start arguing and bickering. Sometimes me and my wife are like, all right, we're out of here. We're gonna go watch a movie or something. <laughs> not gonna parent right now. Uh, Jesus doesn't do that with the disciples here. They start to argue and they start to bicker and he sees it as an opportunity to teach them. And what he teaches them here is absolutely astounding. In fact, 
If Jesus' kingdom is, is different, like we've talked about and like we're about to talk about even more, what he says here is just to flip everything on its head. No one would have ever said this ever. Here's what Jesus said. Your greatness is determined by how you serve. Your greatness, disciples, is determined by how you serve. I wondered, let's just take just a quick aside. I wonder if our greatness is tied to how we serve. I wonder if the way we serve or don't serve is tied with how great or how little we will be in the kingdom of God. If it is, we all need to seriously think a lot about worshiping and about serving. Let's go to the scripture. Jesus called them all to him. He gathers them up. Everybody's walking to Jerusalem. He gathers, let's, let's have an aside here. I need to teach you guys something. This is what he says. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise great authority over them. What he's saying is, you know all the other kingdoms in the earth. You know what happens, right? When somebody comes to power, what happens? They start to use that power in ways to push everyone else down. And he's like, they will lord it over them. They will have authority and they will use it. They will push everyone else down. And I know that James and John were like, yes, that's awesome. Check it out, James. And we're going to be on the sides of it. It's going to be so cool. Oh man, we're going to have so much power. And then Jesus says this, it shall not be so among you. Everywhere else, when you rise to power, you use it and you use it to its full extent. Not in my kingdom, you don't. You don't do that with me. You don't do that in my kingdom, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. That word servant is the word diakonos. If you were wondering when this sermon was gonna get really Baptist, it's right now. That word diakonos is where we get our word deacon from. You know what a deacon is? A servant. This was the common term, diakonos, for any servant. This is what a servant was. Deacons are to serve also in the church. But he's saying, listen, if you want to be great in this group of disciples, what do you have to do? You have to become a servant. And whoever wants to be first in this group of 12 must be slave to all. That word slave is the word doulos in Greek. And a lot of people say a lot of different things about this word that is bondservant. They go into a whole bunch of detail. This was just the common word for slave. All right? Just like we would use slave, slavery was a little bit different. But this is the same word. And Jesus says, look, if you want to be number one in the 12, be a slave to the other 11. Pretend like you're number 12 if you want to be number one. Serve all of these other people so that you can be great in my kingdom. And if that wasn't enough, and by, by Jesus and what he just said, that greatness, deter, that, that, that you're, the way you serve determines how great you are, if that's true, verse 45 is absolutely stunning. This is what Jesus says, your, your creator, their creator. For even the son of man, the anointed one, the Messiah, me, Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve. Do you, have you ever thought about that sentence right there? The God who made everything decides to come to the earth in the form 
of one of his humans. He lives as a human. And instead of saying, all right, peons, it's time for you to serve me. You know what he says? I didn't come to be served by you. You're my creation, yeah. In any other place, you would serve me. In my kingdom, things are different. I serve you in my kingdom. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Then he says how he served. He gave his life as a ransom for many. Jesus served us by giving his life as a ransom. A ransom is a price that you pay to get someone out of their slavery. He paid that price by dying on the cross for you and for me because he wanted to serve you and me. In fact, he lived his whole life in service to God and he lived his entire life in service to you. His entire life was lived in service to you and God, but also to you. Have you ever thought when you pick up one of the gospels and you're going through it and you're like, this is the story of how Jesus served me, a sinner, a horrible person that I am. He decided not to have me serve him, but he would buy me out of my slavery to sin. That is an amazing God. And if greatness is determined by how you serve, Jesus is the greatest. Did he leave leave an example for us? Absolutely, he left an example for us. Here's the last couple things that I want you to see today. Serving like Jesus is always self-sacrificing. For Jesus, it was literally self-sacrificing. He sacrificed himself so that you could have your sins forgiven, so that you could have a relationship with God. There's no greater act of service. So is service and serving here at the church self-sacrificing? Absolutely it is. Maybe it means you didn't sleep in as late. Maybe it means you don't get lunch until a little later. But if you serve here, yeah, it's going to be a self-sacrifice for you to do that. Hopefully you don't just serve here. You serve everywhere outside of the building and everywhere else because just like Jesus, we want service to become part of who we are. Jesus' servanthood was natural for him, but it may not be natural for you. So I was thinking about all of the people that we have at this church thinking about all the ways that different people can serve, I realized, you know what? Some people probably aren't like, my gift is service. They're really like, I'd, my gift is to sit there quiet in my seat. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't excuse us though. Don't we still wanna be like Jesus because we're all following him? If you wanna serve like on a different team that's maybe away from people or, or different things like that, we'll work with you. But you wanna be like Jesus so I know that you wanna serve. I know that you do because you wanna be Christ-like. It's one of our huge, huge goals. So even if it's not natural for you, I still wanna encourage you to serve like Jesus. I was gonna go over all of the different serve teams that we have. I was gonna talk about, we need this person on this team and we need two people there. We need a leader here. We need this and we need that. But I, I was like, why would I, why am I gonna do that? How about I just let God be God and use his scripture in your life like he does. How about you see how Jesus serves? And how about you're like, I love how Jesus served. I wanna serve like that. No matter what I do, all I wanna do is be Christ-like in the way that I worship, in the way that I serve, in the way that I connect, in the way that I reach. 
That's what we want. So yeah, is there opportunities to serve here? Yeah, we have so many holes that we need to fill. It's awesome. But don't serve just because we're saying, hey, serve. Serve because you want to be like Jesus. And he served. Outside in the commons today, you'll see there's a serve uh, table. It's uh, three of our tall tables right there with some chocolates on it. Because I think if you're going to serve, you might as well get some chocolate out of it as well. Uh, That was my idea. I was like, let's give them chocolate. Chocolate's awesome. Uh, And so if you sign up, uh, you can go over there. You can talk to them about all the teams uh, that we have over at those tables. You can sign up online. You can take a card. You can sign up that way. We hope that you want to get involved in serving, not because... Joe said so up here, but because Jesus lived it. Here's the last thing that I want to ask you. And I really want you to think about this. What if your greatness is determined by how you serve? Sure seems like it is. What about those of us who don't serve? Not just here. Don't just only think here. That's not the only place you can serve. But what if you're a person that's like, no, I don't serve people. You know what that means by what we just read? That you won't be great in the kingdom of God because greatness in the kingdom of God is determined by the way that you serve others. That was greatness in the disciples and it's greatness here and now in the world that we live in. It's how you serve. So I don't know exactly where you are in your life. I don't know all of the details and all of the things that you may be thinking. Maybe you're just like, yeah, I need to serve. Well, in just a minute, we're going to have a response time. And while the song is up here, there's some pastors that are going to be here. Uh, and you can come up and talk with the pastor and say, hey, I just, I just want to serve. Or maybe you just need prayer for something else. Maybe the Lord said something a little bit different to you today. And you're like, I just want to pray with someone. Ladies, there'll be a lady up here that you can also pray with if you want that. Uh, Maybe you just want to get involved in a church that wants to be Christ-like in everything that we do. And so we even have this thing called FBC Life where we say worship, serve, connect, and reach. If you want to join a church like that, you're more than welcome to come and tell us, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Maybe you've never followed Jesus before. And you just heard how he served you by dying on the cross to make a way for you to be with God. And you're like, I I want to know him. Tell one of the pastors up here, I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him. I want to serve like him. I want to worship like him. I want to connect. I don't even know what that is because you're going to talk about it next week. But that's what I want to do. Whatever it is that you need to do, take this time during this song to respond to the Lord, how he's leading. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for being a wonderful God. We thank you for Jesus Christ who paid a ransom for us. He served you in doing so. He served us in doing so. We thank you for his example because he did leave us an amazing example, but we thank you even more so for his heart and his inner being. Who he was was a servant, a servant to you and one who would come here and serve dirty little us instead of demand that we pay honor and respect and worship him. He serves us. And out of that, we come to him and we serve, honor, and worship him. God, help us do exactly what you want us to do in our lives because of what your word has said in Jesus' name.